Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 37 of the Audible Farm podcast. This week, our guest is Alejandro Trevino. He's a bassist and a guitarist. I guess I didn't really know he played guitar. Uh, I've seen him play bass and heard people talk about how good he is at playing bass. And I kind of assumed he played guitar. But uh, yeah, he plays guitar too. And uh, he went to the Berkeley School for the Arts, which is a pretty cool school in Boston for musicians. We uh, discuss what he learned there and uh, how he applies it to what he's doing today. Uh, as far as we discussed something that he, I thought was really keen, and it was one of those things where he says, uh, you know, what can you bring to the musical scene around you? And uh, he's definitely got a unique viewpoint and a v- unique uh, playing style that lends itself very well to the jam scene and, and beyond around here. He's got a large musical catalog. We discussed that. We discussed the whiskey shakes and uh, the... He's got a new uh, jazz trio that he that he just started up, and it's there's there's all sorts of stuff. The guy's a busy musician, and and he's a great guy. I had a fun time meeting him, and uh, he just he's just loving life. I did a little bit of soft editing in this podcast, so if you uh, if you notice that in this episode, I, I apologize, but it's uh, that's what the little blips are. You didn't miss anything. I just did a little bit of soft editing here and there. So uh, this is episode number thirty seven with Alejandro Trevino. It's the Audible Farm Podcast, with your host, Peter Stockdale. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, uh, (laughs) sitting down with Alex Trevino, or Alejandro, is that correct? Alejandro Trevino is the full name, yeah. The the full name. Alejandro Amadeo Trevino. Amadeo. We're getting crazy. No way. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. (laughs) How do you get stuck with such a cool name? Uh, My mom, well, my dad's Hispanic, and my mom is super white, and I think she just liked the idea of having a kid with a Hispanic name. Oh, okay. It was Zesty to her or something. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, kudos. My name's name's got an R in it, and I think that's about as white as it gets, maybe. That is maybe as white as it gets, Because it's, you know, when you say hard R, it's just like... Peter. Peter. (laughs) What? You know, so... Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh man! So uh, I saw you play at a jam night not too long ago. Um, the was it la- the last one? The last yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that was a really fun night, man. That yeah, was a good, good time. Yeah, I walked in and the place was packed like to the gills. <sighs> uh, we're so talking crazy. about Patty's Pub. If this is the first uh, first one you've listened to, first podcast, but well, uh, last Patty's Pub jam night they ever had because it closed. And uh, I mean, like I said, I got like ten feet inside, and it's like I almost can't get any farther in the building. Oh man, and it was stuffed with killer musicians too. Everyone yeah. could play there that night. It was really, really fun. Yeah, it was crazy because like I showed up like right when you got on stage, and I was just nice, like, yeah. I was like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, dude, this is crazy. <laughs> like you know, because <laughs> you know, let's let's be honest, it's called spade a spade. You're pretty good. Uh, I do what I I do what I do. I was yeah. more blown away with um, what's that? Is he like a 14 year old kid that was up there with me? Um, the one that plays with it's like Jeremy's student. Yeah, one someone, of Jeremy's students. Someone tell me that kid's name. Yeah. I don't know his name, and he's yeah. come up in conversation People, a few times. You got to email in and let us know. I forget this kid's name. I'm sure Jeremy will. I'll, I'll call him or something later. We'll oh figure man, that out. yeah. But that kid was—I was, was just—I was feeding off of him because he was just slaying. It was great. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, oh, man. it was one mm-hmm. of those deals. The first jam that I went to that I played at, I saw him there, and I was just like, "All right, a kid's gonna get up here. This is gonna be cool." And yeah. he 
he's not just like a kid that gets yeah. up there. He's he just he can hang with anyone, man. Yeah. He just has such a modest vibe when he walks up. You would never uh-huh. guess that kind of that kind of fire from him. It's awesome. Yeah, it's real fun because he'll just like rip out a solo or something, and everyone's just like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, great crowd response. Yep. No one's you know, there's not many kids his age ripping like that. It's yeah. awesome. It's crazy cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, kudos to the kid for getting out there and doing it. Too. Yeah, I wasn't even playing at that age. I don't think yet. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I didn't really get to go until I was like 16. Yeah, you know, it's about when I started, like yeah. 15 or 16. Yeah, yeah. I was a late bloomer. I played horns and stuff in school, but yeah. What, what kind of horns did you play? Uh, I started on trombone, and uh, eventually tuba kind of became the main one. Uh, that yeah. was fun, but I, I actually enjoyed that. I had I had a good time playing horns. I had a uh, I had the honor of having Dan Cassidy as my music teacher through most of high school. Cool. So, yeah, that guy, as you know, he plays with Lone Tree Revival. Yeah. Uh, that guy is a cool cat, so that was an honor, and he definitely taught me a lot. So yeah, that's crazy cool. Mm-hmm. I uh, I've seen him around. I haven't had much of a chance to talk to him, and I, I hope I do now that I've got a podcast. Right. It gives me a good excuse to sit down and talk to yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, and I'd love to hear that because he's got so much to pick there in his brain. Oh, um, oh I bet. But he's he's a quiet guy. You won't catch him like just in a casual conversation at the bar very often. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I wouldn't. He's a very low key cat. So, uh, what got you started playing? Did you start playing bass? Was that the first one you played? Or yeah, so well, my mom had a guitar laying around forever, and that I I would play that from time to time as a kid, but it never really stuck. Um, and then my parents got me a bass. I I think I you know I watched I was like coming of that age where you start listening to rock and roll music and stuff, yep. and yep, you know I I was like eleven or twelve even, and I saw that movie School Rock. You remember yeah. that? And oh yeah. From that point on, I kind of knew I wanted to play guitar. And I got really serious about it, like when I was 15 or 16, I got a bass for, uh, I think it was Christmas, and I didn't touch it for a while, but eventually once I started playing, it was it was nonstop, I couldn't put it down, you know? Yeah. So yeah. you started on the bass? Yeah, I started mostly on bass, yeah. Do you play guitar too? I do play guitar now, I, that's actually, I've been playing a lot of that lately, it's been good. So, uh, like, when did you start playing guitar then? Uh, about the same time, like, like I said, I would... I would fiddle around with it, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I didn't really start getting as you know interested in guitar until after I had got interested in bass. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, like, who are some of the bassists or like bands or whatever that kind of inspired you to start playing? I mean, oh man, I, I understand like the rock and roll thing. Like, right? Believe it or not, like a lot of punk rock was what kind of got me wanting no, to play guitar. No, big time. So. Yeah. So, um, early on, it was like bands that my dad introduced me to, like uh, Led Zeppelin, AC/DC, you know, and then like Jimi Hendrix and mm-hmm. all, all that yep. stuff. Eventually, uh, when I really started playing a lot, it was a lot of that pop punk rock. You oh, know? Yeah. We all grew up with that stuff. Yep, the, yep. the Green Days and the Blink-182s and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Um, I eventually, for bass, I kind of, my interest led me to like cats like Les Claypool or Victor Wooten. You yep. know? Oh, yeah. He's just monsters on a, you know, chop-wise. Just oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Um and then um, I don't know. As time went on, your taste developed. So yeah. Now I'm listening. To, I was listening to Coltrane when you walked in. So yeah. Kind of a bit different, you know, place than oh, the oh, old yeah. pump, pop punk world. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I uh, actually watched this really cool TED talk with Victor Wooten. It was one of my uh, favorite things I'd seen in a while, mm-hmm. uh, as far as somebody like explaining what they feel about music. And he was talking about how uh, music. 
like how did he learn how to play music and he's he talked about how he had an instrument in his hands for a long time Mm -hmm. uh growing up not even knowing how to play it and it's kind of like his voice he had this instrument and he just sat Mm -hmm. around and watched people right and then when it came time for him to use his instrument he used it like little by little until Mm -hmm. before you know it he could use it like almost conversationally with anybody right and uh, it was like wow that's kind of a crazy spin to put on this whole thing that is a good good way to look at it if i'm not mistaken he grew up in a musical family too so he was from an early age exposed to a lot of yeah. really, you know crazy musical <laughs> talent <laughs> yeah that, uh the the ted talk i'm talking about he was like talking about how they grew up and they just like put like a toy guitar in his hand and be like you're in the band go yep. sit up there and play with them <laughs> and he's awesome. and he's just like a tiny little toddler you know man like, i wish someone had got me started like that earlier but you know i just i didn't take uh yeah that. i wouldn't have either though like uh i'm kind of geared towards like doing things that i want to do when i want to do them you know <laughs> yeah i get that that's man. unfortunate yeah i'm kind of breaking myself of that habit uh <laughs> a little bit now more than late and maybe that's just aging is what it is but yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, I bet the podcast helps with it. Gives you something consistent to work at. Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. I uh, I do my best to try and not record things too far out. Like I try to keep things like within a week or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been doing pretty good with that. Sometimes good. it causes issues, but other than that, yeah, it's, right. You know, right. whatever. But keeps it fresh. Yeah, that's the best part about it. Is like I I get to talk to like so many cool people. Oh uh, man, yeah, I've heard several of them, man. I all the cats around here are such killers, dude. Yeah, I could go yeah. on forever. I could just start listening them and we could do an hour of that yeah no, no <laughs> kidding i almost want to do something like that where i sit down and it's just like what what was that my, yeah, my box fell over it's all oh, right okay <laughs> it's uh i kind of want to do something like that where i sit down like um i was hoping to do something like coordinated with a jam night where it's just like hey i'm gonna be sitting like in an adjacent room yeah and just like hop in there and fucking right sit live and talk podcast to me, talk to me for like five minutes or something and that let's just get cool. like everybody that's here in here and let's talk just for a minute i'm into it man that would be really sweet have you ever seen um the live podcast from the comedy store on the election night for this last election yeah well, a lot of great comics kind of just coming in and out and they're watching the election as it goes down it's a really cool a couple hour long thing yeah it was like the end of the world podcast that's i think that's it. what it's called yeah yeah, yeah. some uh, great comedians in there if you're yeah, a fan of comedy super good i remember uh i just remember a lot of like uh bill burr just like yelling at people <laughs> and then uh every now and then like uh burt kreischer would laugh so hysterically like he couldn't hold it together yeah, like yeah it was, was a really fun podcast <laughs> burt's gonna be in des moines i think in a month or so yeah, that'd be a fun right one now. to go check that'd out be kind of hilarious it'd be a party that's for sure yeah, no kidding. So did you grow up around the Fort Dodge area? Or? I, I did. I uh, I grew up here, born and raised. Um, I went to St. Ed's High School. Um, yeah, and I went to, after I finished high school, I moved to Boston for four years. Cool. I uh, went to Berkeley College of Music out there. Yeah. That was that was awesome. Uh, so many, so many talented people out there. It's just oh, unbelievable. Yeah, I bet. Uh, made a lot of lifelong friends all over the world. So that's, you know, very lucky to have gotten that opportunity. Um, and then I did Nashville for a couple of years, and now I've been back for the last several years. So oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. <laughs> so, so uh, what you uh, like? What's your take on the Berkeley School of the Arts? Let's hear some of that. Oh man, uh, so I mean, it's a great school. There's, it's just so diverse the amount of people and the kinds of people that they get. Uh, there's, there's like musicians from all over the world. I think there's several, like several hundred countries represented at the school. Yeah. And, um, everyone can play. Everyone has their, their unique take on whatever it is that they do. Um, it's definitely the school as far as like the education goes there. I had a lot of great teachers. It's like any other school. There's good teachers. There's bad teachers. Yeah. yeah. Um, classes you enjoy classes you don't enjoy as much. Um, but overall, man, just being around that, that level of, 
competition. I don't want to say competition because everyone's in it together, but that level of of ability. Yeah, it's like a standard that's set higher yeah. than, than a normal. And you're uh, expected place. to, yeah, you're expected to be able to hang at any yep. given moment. And uh-huh. Yeah, it's fun. You never know who might show up at a jam. It's always, yeah, I, I, it was awesome. There were so many great experiences. I could go on forever. Yeah, <laughs> if uh, I mean. I'm sure we could like list a ton of them off, but there's been a bunch of uh, very like world-renowned musicians that have graduated from Berkeley School. Yeah, of yeah, there's several. Um, I mean, they're all they're in the late night bands. You got like the classics like John Mayer. Uh huh. Oh, man, there's a lot of uh, great jazz cats um, that have been through there. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's just insane. <laughs> yeah, if I mean, I I wish I would have googled a list before I came here just I know, to see I what it was. Too. I I don't keep up with that kind of it, thing. Yeah, and it's not like we couldn't. I but, do know uh, that uh, uh, the most recent commencement ceremony, Justin Timberlake was uh, given an honorary a graduate degree or something. Oh, neat. Yeah. So, so he was there. He did the big speech or whatever. Uh, Jimmy Page has been there. That was the year I graduated, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty amazing. Jimmy that would have been awesome. A monster, yeah. <laughs> He's so old and chill now. No, you would never guess it. He's like, God, what a rock god, and he's so chill. yeah, just uh, like a ludicrous rock god. Like, yeah, oh was, my god, yeah. I heard somebody compare that the other day. They were like, every band in the '80s literally just tried to have like, uh, like a Led Zeppelin feel to them, but like right. taken to the next level, yeah. you know. And it's like, you know that. It's the more I, the more I think about it, the closer you might be on that. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. You know, Led Zeppelin was just pinnacle, man. They were rock stars, some of the first of their kind, man. Totally. Yeah, you got Robert Plant up there in those jeans that are tighter than they could have, you could ever imagine. Yeah, like, <laughs> women just praising him. That's rock and roll, baby. Yeah, I don't, I don't know <laughs> if he like could even sit down in these things, you know, without having a blowout. It's they were that tight. It was oh, insane. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So, so what did you like down in Nashville? What did you do down in Nashville? Um, I moved down there with uh, some friends from from Berkeley. We uh, cool. there were a lot of cats moving there at the time, and I you know I just I was ready for a change. I'd been in Boston for four or five years. The the music scene in, in Boston is obviously just amazing. There's so many great musicians, but because there are so many great musicians, it's really hard to make an earn in there unless oh, yeah. you start doing like um, uh, like wedding band sort of gigs, uh-huh. or unless you're like a really top of the line jazz cat and you can get some high dollar gigs like that. Yeah, um, it's it's there's just like the scene is cool and it's really it's it's flourishing, but it's hard to make money there. Oh, I can imagine. And so so the thought was maybe Nashville will be a little easier. Um, and it and it was, I was just ready for a change, and so moved down there, tried out that whole thing. Nashville is amazing. It just wasn't quite right for me. Yeah. So after a year or two, I was like, I'm ready. I was kind of ready to come back, man. I knew a lot of cool things were happening here, and mm-hmm. you know, and it was it just seemed like the easy thing to do and the nice thing to do, and you know, I got my family here, so. Oh yeah, it totally makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what is it about like Memphis that you just didn't mesh with? Was it like the like the city? This was Memphis, right? That was in Nashville. Nashville, it's like, right. oh man. So what was it about Nashville? Like, was it like the weather or just like the fact uh, that most of the music is kind of like I don't want to. It's not country. It it but is it, country. It is country. But yeah, it's de- definitely predominantly country. There's definitely opportunities to do things that aren't country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I played a lot of cool shows. Just it was kind of it wasn't so much anything against Nashville. Like Nashville is a city, is an incredible place. The food is amazing. Oh, yeah, uh, the yeah. weather is beautiful almost year round. The women are beautiful. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of fun things to do. Um, it was more that the scene that I was in there just kind of I don't know, just wasn't doing it for me. I, you know, the people I was working with, 
Um, I'd been working with them for a long time. A lot of them were old friends from college, and it was just kind of ready. I was ready for a change of scenery. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I totally get it. You Mm -hmm. know, uh, it's not, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's nothing against, like, it wasn't like you just didn't like the city, and it's not like you didn't like the people, but it's just Mm -hmm. another time for another change. Yeah, I also had a girlfriend, and that always always makes a difference. She was living in Des Moines (laughs) at the time, so that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Chasing tail. Yeah, Yeah. that'll happen. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. when you're a scumbag like me, it will. Well, you know, (laughs) yeah. I think that's just the the way most men are are kind of geared is like I heard somebody say that like you know why we went to the moon because it because a guy wants to be with a woman you know that's literally what happened like yeah, some guy well, was like I'm gonna the, impress this chick can we, can we swear on here yeah go isn't for the it. concept uh, you like trying to fuck the universe like sending uh, you know uh, penis shaped objects into space <laughs> like you know that's hilarious same with sky same thing with skyscrapers right they've you know they're really <laughs> literally trying to fuck the sky oh my gosh these guys man oh man yeah men are horrible <laughs> nah, no, <laughs> no, no 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 we're great no, I'm <laughs> I just kidding that. I'm just yeah. kidding so, yeah. um, so uh, <laughs> like when you come back here how did you get started in the music in the music scene like in the Fort Dodge area Um. When, well so I had a lot of old friends that were uh, here I uh I mean, I played in punk bands as a high schooler and stuff um, yep. uh, with Caleb Ferry, who I saw you recently interviewed as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's one of my best friends. We go back. Cool. Funny story about Caleb Ferry. The first time I met him, uh, he was wearing a kilt and he was telling everyone that he had no underwear on underneath. And then he kept uh, threatening to flash us all. And it, he did. He eventually flashes. Turned out he had underwear on. He was just he was bullshitting us. But <laughs> that's Caleb Perry for you. <laughs> that's a that's a joke. Yeah, that's that's a good joke though. Actually, like yeah. around your buddies, oh, it's yeah. just like yeah. He had a mohawk at the time too. Jeez. Yeah, he was hardcore man. Yeah, I was a little punk. scared of him honestly when I first <laughs> met him. But no, he's there's not a more lovable guy than Perry. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> I had a great time talking to him. It, that was another good one where it was just like I'm just sitting down and talking, and we just had a nice conversation. I was like, man, this. I could just keep keep this thing rolling if I really wanted oh, to. Oh man, you know? yeah, you could sit there and bullshit with that guy forever. He's uh he's a sweetheart. In fact, we we do that often. He was over here last night. Oh, cool. We had a few drinks up on the porch with some friends. Ober was here too. Oh cool. Yeah, it was a nice little little hang. Yeah, it's a it's a great scene around here. Um who were mm-hmm. some of the first like when you were originally around Four Dodge and you mm-hmm. were playing in bands, like what kind of who were you playing with and So stuff I like was that? playing with a couple punk bands. One was uh they were both actually with Ferry on drums. One was uh, uh, an old high school like pop punk sort of thing, kind of synthy too. It was fun. That we that was called Lineup. We mm-hmm. had some really fun shows back in the day. Um, I remember seeing and playing shows with Brutal Republic with some of those bands. Uh-huh. Um, another band was with Riley Bird and Ferry. Uh, Riley's a good old friend of mine, and his his brother Alex is also a really talented local oh, musician. Cool. cool. Um, anyways. Uh, so those were a couple of the bands early on. And then when I came back, uh, uh, Brutal was looking for a bass player serendipitously at the yeah. time. Oh, cool. It worked out perfect. So I hopped right in there with those guys, and uh, we've been cruising ever since. It's been a lot, a couple of years now of steady work. Yeah. And uh, now we're gearing up for an album, so I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be cool. This is... Uh how, have you ever like recorded on an album with a band before? Or? I've recorded a crap ton of records. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you did with. Uh, yeah, like, so I mean, out in I, Boston. Yeah, out in Boston, I I had I was working at one point in like six different bands regularly. Oh geez. Yeah, and jeez. not to mention like random picking up random jazz gigs. I was it was crazy out there, man. Um, so when I say you couldn't make, it was hard to make money. I meant it. Like I was, it was not for a lack of effort. Oh yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah. kidding. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was playing in like six bands there. I've done albums with almost all of them. 
Uh, my favorite one, if you're going to go check any of them out, it would be uh, Vintage Ego. That was one of my favorite projects. Uh, good friend of mine. He's actually from New Zealand. Uh, he's a singer-songwriter. He was a drummer originally, um, but just an absolute killer musician. Uh, that was a fun band, kind of a blues rock thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, in Nashville, I worked with a girl named uh, Frances. I kind of, I think her stage name she was using was Valentine James, and that was like very R and B soul, yeah, uh, soul kind of thing. That was really fun. Yeah, I would help. I wrote some of those tunes with her, and they came out pretty cool. I think so. Um, look her up, I guess, if we're doing shout outs for like that. <laughs> yeah, go for it if you want. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. No, yeah. Um anyways, uh but they end, but since I've been back here, it's been um mostly brutal. That's been a lot of the work. Um I uh, in the last year or so I started a band with a, a friend in Des Moines. That's mm-hmm. been really fun. That's called the Whiskey Shakes. We got a couple stickers here for you yeah, if you cool. want. Yeah, cool. Yeah. But uh, we're almost done with an album, so that's really exciting. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, just put out a single like a month or so ago. So. Yeah, I see your guys' stuff around town. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I, I'm in the sticker squad. You know, I see what goes around. <laughs> yep, yep. And, and I've seen your stickers. <laughs> nice. Around. Good. So, that's good to hear, man. Yeah, man. It's it's good publicity because it's one of those things you don't really think about, but like. I hate to just say it, but like when you're going to the bathroom, there's nothing better to do than yeah. like look at all the stickers on the wall, and you're like, "Oh, sweet! I've seen this band sticker in like four different toilets." You Absolutely, know, and it's a cheap form of advertising, man. There, yeah. you get like a thousand of them for nothing, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's cool. I pay a decent amount for my stickers, but mm-hmm. I mine are like decal grade, and mm-hmm. it's, they're pretty decent cool. stickers. But nice, uh, nice. Because I. Uh, I want to have, give someone the opportunity if you want to use it as like a bumper sticker that that thing's going to stay there for like yeah absolutely all eternity exactly. I know a guy that had a sticker go through like all last winter in Iowa. No kidding, and it still looks like it's brand new. Nice it's like on the back of it. I was like, nice. how does that happen? But I hope these hold up that well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure they will. The, especially ones in the bathroom, they never get weathered or anything. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. like people are going to be rubbing on them or touching them or anything. Yeah, but absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I got stickers for you too, so don't let me forget to get you. Perfect. Some stickers, yes, we'll you know? trade. But, yes. Deal. The stickers. The sticker swap is a great one. I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I got one guitar that the case for it. I covered with stickers. Like, yeah. I try my best not to deface too much of my stuff. That's but, how I am too. I like I keep stickers and I put them weird places. Like I, you know, I spread them out. I don't like decking anything out too much. Yeah. So I weird that way. I eventually was just kind of like, well, I'm just gonna stick them all in this one case. Screw it. You know. Yeah. It's it 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 gets everything. So I've been wanting to get a cheap guitar and just load it with stickers and stuff like that. Make yeah. it kind of a fun guitar, but uh, I need more money to do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've actually like taken to buying inexpensive guitars and just doctoring them up as much as possible. That's the move, man. Yeah, I'm also a cheapskate when it comes to gear. So like, if I ever find anything used or cheap, it's like I'll grab that and make it work. Yeah, I'd much I'd much rather make something work than go buy something new. I'm, I have a few new instruments. My bass was new when I got it, and my acoustic guitar was new when I got it. But that's pretty much it. Yeah, and that's pretty much how I roll too. I keep it slim pickings when I buy new stuff. And mm-hmm. it's it's pretty odd that like most of the stuff I play live usually isn't um like my nicest thing that I take out. Right. So if somebody's gonna steal it, like especially like going in and out of shows so much and mm-hmm. leaving your gear and absolutely like it's just one of those deals. If somebody steals one of my guitars, it's like, well there goes like a hundred and some bucks. Yeah. But I but the amount of hours of work I put into it yeah. and like the sentiment sentimentality is Yeah, you're not taking your sixties Gibson no, you know, let's no. fall yeah. out. You know? just not... Yeah, I wish I had one of them. Yeah. Nice right. gold top yeah. or something. I oh, wish, man. Gosh. Oh, 
um, yeah, no, um, but yeah, Whiskey Shakes has been fun, man. That's that's a cool band. I play guitar in that one actually. So oh, sweet! I can't wait to check that out. Yeah, it's kind of a different thing. The bass player of that band's killer too, though. His name's Dave. Sweet he's a good guy. Yeah. So who else is in the band? Let's give him shout outs. Uh, Dave Moore is on bass and uh, Wade Elder is on drums. Andy McQueen is the chief singer songwriter for that group, and uh, he plays piano and he's a killer singer. He's got pipes like uh, Robert Plant, if you ask me. Uh, lucky Duck. Yeah. No one ever accused me once of being a great singer. Oh, <laughs> me I'll, neither, I'll man. I'll tell you that. I can hold a tune well enough to do it. Yeah, but, that's but. how I feel. I'm, I'm not a fan of doing it, but if I have to, I will. It's fun. Exactly. It's not the worst thing that ever happened. Uh, yeah, and that's that's kind of how I feel. Not as bad as Clint. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Clint. I love you. Fucking with you. <laughs> Are you talking Clint Riedel? Or yeah, no? Clint Riedel. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, no, I, love, I talk shit to him all the time. Oh, I love Clint. He's, yeah. he's a great guy. He was another guy I just like uh, did a podcast with blindly. Yeah, I heard of. I think I heard this story. You just kind of had never met him before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and like Brad Hofing was just like, you should talk to Clint. Yeah. I was like, okay. And I like had only like interacted with Brad online. Yeah, so right. Like, All right. Clint like, is straight out of a comic book, man. He's he, such a cool guy, though. Yeah, like, I know he's a sweetheart. Like his, his superpower is kindness. Or yes, something, absolutely, you know? absolutely. Kill you with kindness. Oh man, <laughs> that's another. Like here we are getting into talking about the Four Dodge music scene. We were yep. talking about how like, well, we could just talk about this for an hour. We almost, we almost started we, we, doing yeah, it. Yeah, now we're back. Yeah. <laughs> man, I yeah, I love Clint and all those guys in the Ramblers. I remember I, when they first were getting together. I actually, uh, I would sit in with them every now and then, and that was always a good time man i love yeah. playing with those cats clint writes some awesome songs oh yeah jordan reuters writing some great tunes i'm really excited for him to get in the studio soon yeah and, exactly uh, have you talked to him yet i have not he's a good kid man he's really really nice guy you'll have to he's on the list yep good i'm glad to hear yep. that yeah yeah definitely <laughs> i uh i did bring uh all my podcast stuff to one jam night once uh out in barnum and they were they were all there nice and yeah, uh good. but they were the only musicians there other than me so i mm-hmm. couldn't like right. be like hey, everybody stop playing music for an hour right you know and no. come over here and talk to me so like that was a bust the barnum might not yeah the junkyard might not be the this is the setting the nice low-key setting for an interview <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have to go into the bathroom to do this <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's creepy yeah i don't think i don't think anyone would go for that man <laughs> i wouldn't at least oh man at the junkyard <laughs> that's a great place no, that, was the, the that was the first place i ever got up to play at a jam night because it was low-key no enough kidding. yeah that i i i don't know it's not that i was like scared but it was like right. i knew i was talented enough to do it but uh, nerves man nerves, no i do at, at jam nights i even get nervous man i you know it's one thing when you have a prepared set with a band i'm yeah. way more comfortable with something like that but when you're up there and you know you don't know what's gonna happen man yeah. like even even someone who's seen a lot of crazy things happen on the stage, it's like you still get that those nerves when you when you're up there, dude. And that's the other thing is like sometimes you're using foreign gear, uh, mm-hmm. and different things yes. can happen. Like yep. I remember one time being at a jam night and I walked like three feet away and didn't know the guy had like an eight foot guitar cable, uh-huh. and it's just like bonk and it's yep. like unplugged, and Oops. then it's like oh wait, where did this come out of? I yeah. don't know. And then you got to like follow the signal yep. chain around. Yep. And you're like oh, it came in over here. Yeah, okay. that's the worst, man. So, We've all been there, dude. Yep. We've all been there. Those are the worst moments. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's unfortunate, but it's it's also what makes it kind of fun, though. No, absolutely. My biggest fear is always that my gear just isn't going to work someday. Like, I'll get there, and my amp just won't turn on or something. Or, oh, man. 
the base, you know, something that like I would have no idea how to fix. It's like yeah. one thing if a battery dies or a string breaks, you know, but yeah. it's like, that's like, I have nightmares of that kind of thing. That's like my biggest fear in life. I think, you know how grotesquely paranoid I was of that I brought a, I bought an extra four by 12 and an extra amp to every show for like a year and a half. <laughs> that's, that's heavy, man. I've thought about doing things like that, but I usually go against it cause I'm lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I went, I went one time and I couldn't figure out where in my signal chain cause I got like, like a 12 pedal pedal board and i was like mm-hmm. well i can't figure out where all this hum is coming from or whatever so you know that's just stuff where it's like well i just I guess i'm just unplugging and going straight into the amp you, yeah. know, just, you just kick <laughs> it old school and, and yeah. work it that way yeah but. i know i hate it when a pedal board goes out on you too that's a that's a heart sinker for sure yeah i use a pretty big pedal board with the whiskey shakes and uh i've had some some you know getting set up before the show especially shows where there's multiple people on the bill uh-huh. and you're like trying to get up there fast and they're trying to get off fast and it's all frantic and then all of a sudden your guitar's not making noise you're like what's going on yeah it's the worst bit it's the worst yeah, feeling. yeah i had that uh i played a show recently where i played solo and did a gig um like at, when this gets uh released mm-hmm. so this will be released uh like 13 days from when we're recording it which is kind of a ways out so. yeah that's cool so when we're announcing dates we'll have to remember that so if you have show dates coming up we'll announce a few but we'll have to remember that okay it's, it's time it's future cast yeah. otherwise we're gonna sound a little weird even, yeah. though, even though we're like announcing what's happening yeah i'm not really planning that far ahead we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah. i'm sure i got something on the calendar yeah, but. that's usually what i have to i have to look at the calendar it's like <laughs> yeah. what that's two weeks out i don't know yeah. what's going on i don't know what's going on i yeah. really know what i'm doing later today man no kidding <laughs> <laughs> well that was like a, i don't know uh, okay, so let's let's back it up. So I, uh-huh. I go to this uh, show recently, and I I show up to everything super early because I'm always just like oh, I don't I can't be late, and I don't know how early is too early. So it's like I'm there like an hour and a half early, right? Right. You know, which which <laughs> luckily is usually not too early if you need to set up all your own stuff. So no, you get yeah. everything set up. Absolutely. And there's a hum coming out of something, and it's like I can't figure out where this is coming from. I use different outlets in different right. rooms for everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it turns out that every outlet I used was on the same circuit. So I took my ah. guitar amp out. And, put it on an extension cord all the way to a completely far end of the building and it it worked but it was still one of those things where it's like i had to throw some rugs over it and it's like you're happy you went the extra half hour early or whatever exactly you know that's yeah that's that's great yeah so it ended up working out really good though that was uh one of those fun things where what i would do is i'd play a song and then if like the main riff was uh either good enough or the same riff as the solo i would just throw a solo into some song so i just (laughs) that's that's perfect pop it on a loop yeah and then I have one of those little ditto loops. That's what I got, yeah, man. Yeah, those things are great, the ditto man. minis? Yeah, that, that thing does the trick. That's all you need. Yeah. It's really I was it. blo- like, I'll tell you what, that exactly right there was what got me, like a ditto looper pedal is what got me to be as good as I am today. Great it, practice tool. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, I'm just going to load chords on this thing because I know mm-hmm. what chords sound good together. And then mm-hmm. you have to do your like, okay, what key is this in practice? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, what if I put a different mode on it? Does it sound good yeah, practice? And, absolutely, and man. Just, and start going through that stuff. And then you start thinking rhythmically, like with adding like textural layers and mm-hmm. stuff. You can do some great stuff with, I don't even know how many loops it limits you at. I think you can pretty much endlessly add things to your loop yeah it's insane it has a time barrier Mm -hmm. uh and i can't remember what the time barrier is Mm -hmm. i i mean i'd have to look it up like i said i think it's like a half an hour if it's it's not a half an hour it's it's got to be like at least that makes sense it's got to be at least 10 minutes maybe i don't know what it is but i do know that there are some loopers out there that have many hour time yeah because you can like either load different loops on there or just Mm -hmm. like record hours and hours Mm -hmm. like over one loop yeah i have a fetish for uh shoegaze music i'm not sure yeah yeah, like you know some of that like it's it's uh you know a lot of it's kind of out there but uh 
it's fun with that looper to like throw some heavy distortion on and like get a nice loop going and then yep. like you start adding layers and all of a sudden there's a cacophony of noise yeah that's fun every now and then you crank it up feel like blowing your hair back a little bit oh yeah <laughs> I, see i got into doing that kind of stuff too like in the basement because i've got i it's kind of like uh i just wanted like a pedal of every flavor so it's like you know you got mm-hmm. something to do like a pitch shifting and then right. you, got, you got a delay mm-hmm. you got a reverb and you just have like one of each and then you start turning the knobs on them and then you throw them through the looper and Absolutely. see what they sell. and it's kind of fun to get yeah the different flavors out of everything you can get some really cool colors happening that's i when i'm doing stuff like that i think of it almost more as painting mm-hmm. you know you're just really trying to get some sort of textural color happening and yeah and like throw different colors on and see what happens what you know it's cool it's fun it's like throwing paint on a canvas yeah i mean like i just laid down like some simple chords on an acoustic guitar and mm-hmm. looped them together and mm-hmm. then i just set it down i switched to an electric yeah you know and then you just switch the signal to an electric coming in cause if i'm feeling one. crazy sometimes i'll, I'll switch to a bass too and then oh yeah a little bass line that's fun yeah, yeah i and that like i had a a whammy with like an octave jump on it so nice. I, could go, I could go an octave down if i wanted to and nice. add bass to it i've been wanting to get one of those but i like I said, I'm lazy and cheap, so... Yeah, I, I actually bought a broken Whammy DT online. Um, nice. The person said that the pedal, uh, none of the clicks would engage anymore. Mm. So I take it apart when I get it home. I think mm. I bought it for like 40 bucks. Yeah. I take it home and there's the switches were broken was it yeah so, so, I, you just so I call up digitech and i'm like hey yeah. can you send me some switches for this and they're like it's gonna be like a dollar 47 yeah and i'm like okay like yeah bring it on word man yeah <laughs> that's great that was the first thing i ever soldered nice nice and I, and, I, and I fixed it nice good for you man yeah that's awesome it's like one of those deals where i was like i gotta practice on something yeah you, know? you gotta have it dude so, that's awesome and uh yeah i mean it's i've had it ever since i always kind of it comes out of nowhere usually when I use it, and I was mm-hmm. doing a little bit of whammy, going up an octave, uh-huh, uh, right, with, right. You know, giving it the old uh, like Tom Morello slash Buckethead right. kind of yeah, feel. Absolutely, man. And That's I was doing some of that, and every now and then somebody would like turn around and be like, "What's what was that? What's going yeah. on over here?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially if you do it nice and slow with a nice sweep. It's oh just like, man, oh, yeah, you like, almost can get like that pedal steel thing happening. Yep. I love that. Dude. Yep. Yeah, I need to get. I need to get one of those. That'd be fun. One of my favorite guitar pedal reviews. I I can't remember his name right now. There's like a... It's like some cowboy looking dude, but he always reviews like overdrive pedals and plays a lot of blues and he's always got like <laughs> awesome cowboy boots on in every video. Nice. I have not heard of this guy. I'll and, check him out. And he does one with the whammy mm-hmm. and he's just like, what is this pedal? And he's yeah. trying to do like the second to third pitch shift and uh-huh. like all the other like weird things that it yeah. comes with because there's a bunch of stuff where it's like... This is definitely pedal steel nonsense. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, really weird intervals. Reg- yeah, to yeah. a regular guitarist, it's like this is unusable. Almost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're thinking in like that blues context, like those lines just don't work. That yeah. kind of harmony doesn't work over dominant chords and stuff like that. Yeah, just, uh. and he's out there trying to like play it, and he made like a, a multi-minute video about how dumb it was. But, <laughs> but he's great. like, he did it all as a joke, of course. But yeah. it's it's or maybe he didn't. I yeah, don't know. I, yeah, maybe he's just unstable, man. I don't know. I'm wearing cowboy boots all the time. That's yeah that's you're on the spectrum at that point (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to be a cowboy i'm just thinking about the seinfeld episode where he had cowboy boots because kramer wanted to get his shoes cleaned or something i I don't know that's that's one of my jams right there i never got that was never my my one i uh i really got into curb your enthusiasm though yeah that's that's some great stuff that cringeworthy funny cringeworthy is right man oh 
Just, yeah, my dad and I all watch that stuff and just like, oh man, we'll die laughing. <laughs> we, I don't know how Larry David gets himself in those pickles, man. It's I feel like that's my life sometimes. Like, how did I, how did I get into this jam? This is crazy. <laughs> then you gotta get out of it by doing something totally ridiculous and irrational. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, or you come out and you're just like brutally honest, and it's like yeah. not what you're supposed to do given like social cues and context. Yeah, just like yeah, yeah. That's that's probably like the Larry David in a nutshell. He just like doesn't have the ability to sugarcoat anything. Right. Doesn't ever help him out. No, yeah, I I can relate to that because I'm I'm often a bit abrasive for some people. Yeah, but you know it's, it's, the way I feel about it is if you can't if you can't hang with how I am, then you just don't hang. You know. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, it, <laughs> you know? I, it makes sense though. Like I it I've I've gone back and forth through this like enough in my life where I'm trying to decide like how much of me to let out to the rest of everybody else in order to not be too abrasive to people mm, you know and it's yeah. just like am I in a social situation where I could just tone it down a notch and everybody right. would be be cool right yeah. you know but sometimes it leads you to being antisocial no so, like, absolutely because so, yeah. I mean like I've been to jam nights and just mm. stood in the back and didn't tell anyone you yeah know? I mean kudos to like almost every time I've done that though in Fort Dodge at Patty's Jeremy like. He'll be like on stage. He's like, "That's Stockdale back there." And it's like, <laughs> it's like, That's great. It's like, "Sup?" He has like, such a way of getting people yeah. off their asses. <laughs> yeah, you gonna play a song tonight? And yeah. like, I think so. <laughs> All right, get up here. <laughs> you know, it's it's just so yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's a champ. Yeah, I, I you know that's that's the kind of stuff I'm gonna miss though. Is like, it's not like it's gonna go away forever. I'm sure something is going to take the place of Patty's pubs, jam nights, or it will start again somewhere else under yeah. a different name or something. But I like to think so. But you know, you know, we've we've been through this sort of thing before. We'll figure it out. I'm not worried. You know, we've had spots go up and down. You know, that Patty's itself has gone up and down a couple times through different ownership and whatnot. So, yeah, like you said, there will always be a place. I'm not too concerned. In the meantime. Uh, in the meantime, we'll, you know, we'll just we'll see what happens. It'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, you could think of it conceptually as something like uh, people have less time to just go to jam nights and fart around, and maybe they'll sit down and try and hammer something more solid out. You yeah, know, you get more projects started, people with more Absolutely. music coming out or something. You yeah, know. that that and you know, it'll, people will be forced to create alternative scenes, and who knows what sort of connections come from that. So. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I, you know, I I think change is always good. You know, it's hard sometimes, but it's always good. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I wish the best to Gina and everyone that, were, you know, was involved over at Patty's because that was a really, you know, great crew. It's a shame that uh, they kind of had the rug taken out from under them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be fine. They're good people. They're strong people. Um, you know, it'll be fine. They'll find a, they'll find a place. Yeah, there's a place for them in Fort Dodge. You know, it's a very accepting community, as we've already said, and there's so many great people. It's, things will take care of itself. Yeah, I think. Oh, totally. I mean, they always seem to, and music's on the up and up now. Or at least I feel like I was thinking about it the other day. Like it seems that maybe ten years ago, people didn't do much. It's not like people didn't do much, but mm-hmm. like it didn't seem like there was as much to do. But right. I, but also, I was like under. You know, I was like either 21 or under, and I couldn't go to bars, so I didn't really know what there was to do. But right. it feels like now there's so many people out playing music, entertaining other people. Uh, businesses are getting involved. They're hiring these musicians to do things. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the the economy for music has never been better in Fort Dodge. Um, like, I, you know, when I was growing up, we were playing punk shows. I, you know, I think Ferry said something similar, and we did not expect to get paid. You know, we were like... Yeah. 
we were just you know anywhere that would have us so that we could make really loud noise for a few hours and get all of our friends together to be angsty mm-hmm. you know that we would do it you know that was that was what it was all about and uh so it's amazing to here we are like 10 years later or whatever and now we're all you know basically earning livings doing it it's pretty great yeah it's, it's, it's a good good place to be you know and uh huge shout out to all the local places that have started having live music more frequently yeah that's yeah nothing has been a more revitalizing boost for four dodge than like the winery and the the two breweries that have come into town it's like having music all the time is nice it gives, yeah. gives people a sense that there's something actually happening here <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it, you know it's insane because it seems to be happening a lot more often and i i feel like a lot more places are are willing to pay musicians like a decent amount of money to actually come in and do things and it's it's mm-hmm. and like you said kudos to those places for willing mm-hmm. to get involved with musicians to bring people in because they know that music is a draw you know right trusting a musician to come in with the right style of music and not just come in and blow everybody's eardrums right. off and sell themselves in an incorrect fashion to absolutely to the crowd yeah and i think uh i think they understand that by you know kind of by investing making that investment and creating a culture and a scene of 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 music and you know appreciation for music you get better artists and you get them more frequently and and they want to come through and it it creates a really nice environment where everyone feels like they're winning it's not like the musicians like fighting to earn some scraps and the bars don't want to pay you know it's a really it's a it's the best it's ever been here in town it's really friendly community and it's 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 awesome that it's working out so well for all of us. Yeah, and it's like you said, uh, just having any musician go to anywhere to play anything is going to to attract more musicians to want to play at the place that mm-hmm. that one guy played at. Yeah, especially when they find out the management's nice and that there was no issues getting paid, and and you know the beer or the wine is good. You know that's always a yeah. plus too. <laughs> Dude, I will have to say, um, and it's not like in Fort, you know, in like or in Des Moines, I've I've ever had issues because I don't deal with uh, pocketing the money in Des Moines because I'm mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, like a partner in the band, I'm like the un- on the underside, I don't handle the purse strings, you know, and stuff right. like that. But, mm-hmm. but up north here, when I've ever done shows, it's I've never had even close to an issue. Like a lot of times, they'll come up to you almost before you're done. Sometimes yeah. you be like, "Here's your money, make thanks." Sure you you paid. know, yeah, yeah, because they want to make sure it all happens. You know, it's it's yeah. crazy, and it's not like that doesn't happen other places. Cause mm-hmm. they, I've, you mean when we're promised to get paid, we always get paid, and that's yeah. It's, I've I've had like maybe one or two issues with with payments ever and you know it's usually some weird drama you know isn't that wild how it's so few issues yeah it's ever, amazing ever happen it's amazing we're very lucky you know i think you know i i'm of the opinion that humanity is generally pretty good you know we're all nice people and we all want to be good to each other and and i you know i think that it goes to show you know because we've had you know i can't even tell you how many hundreds of if not, you know, thousands of shows I've played and never had a problem getting paid. You know, yeah. one or two tops. You know, it's That's crazy. crazy. It's, it's really lucky, you know? Yeah. Or, or is it lucky? Is it just how it's... Is it just Maybe how it's human it's, nature. Who knows, yeah. you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I also think that people that play music get put on a little bit uh, higher pedestal when they're out there doing something because a lot of times when people see other people doing things, it's like, dude, I could do that. Right. But when it comes mm-hmm. down to music, it's like people are just like, I have no yeah. clue what this guy's there's doing. A, there's a lot more of a disconnect, yeah. 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 And Especially we've talked about comedians, you know, it's easy to like, oh, I can make people laugh, you know? People think they could do something like that. People, you know, oftentimes don't look at a guitar and be like, oh, yeah, I can definitely do that. 
It's like, nope, especially when you're watching someone like Jeremy play. No, oh, yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> and that's that's the one thing I like the most about playing guitar is like I started out playing punk music, mm-hmm. which is like mostly just power chords. Before that, I played like church music, which is like mostly just open chords. And, right. then, it, and then it starts to go into metal, which is mm-hmm. you know, a lot of power chords with like, you know, pentatonic soloing right. for the most part. Yeah. And then, you know, it goes into blues, which is more just like more pentatonic stuff, right. you know, so right. it's... Uh, I also want to ask you uh, something else about mm-hmm. some, somewhere in this genre, but it's okay. it's it's just one of those things where um, I'm not like the most seasoned grizzled veteran of music, but I have the capabilities to like wow people enough. I was talking about how nervous mm-hmm. I was to play that solo gig while I was setting it up, and this guy came over and he's like, "Dude, none of us can play music here. It's yeah. like I, I'm <laughs> you're blo- already way better. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm blown away by you tuning your instrument, and noodling around for like five minutes, and it's like, oh, okay, this will be great, you yeah. know. Yeah. And and that just took you know. Yeah, that, that took some of my nervousness away because believe it or not, like mm-hmm. playing alone, you have nobody to hide behind. You got nobody else to yes, because yes. any every mistake is your mistake, and right. it's not anybody else's. And you know, so it's yeah, I yeah, I have a so I do solo gigs sometimes myself too. I and yeah, I I know exactly what you mean. It's once once you have that that realization though that like none of them can do this. Like, yeah. like no one's doing it the way I do it even, you know? So it's like, there's, they're seeing something that they're not going to see anywhere else. So it's like, yeah, in, in a sense, you've already won, you know? Yeah. It's up to them to appreciate it. If they don't like what you're doing, that's fine. You know, people, you're not, and not everyone is going to like you all the time, no. but generally mm-hmm. most people are going to be able to appreciate that you're doing something they can't do uh-huh. and you're doing it well. Yeah. You know? I uh, I dig on like going to places too and seeing people play music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I touched on this a little bit in the last podcast. Uh, even if even if I don't care for the style of music, I'm still kind of wowed by the fact that people do the things they're doing within there. Because like mm-hmm. like I said, like country's not my favorite, but for some reason I'm really intrigued by Jay Clyde Band. Some of it is uh, right. watching Ron Lee King do chicken picking and oh, stuff well, like that. Yeah, that, and and it's just yeah. like and it's like <laughs> I've I've watched the YouTube videos. I practiced this for an hour. How come uh-huh. I can't get it? And it's like well, it's because Ron Lee put the actual working and did it you know yeah, like yeah and and he said he was inspired by like chris carr doing a little bit of right. it you know and it's yeah it's just one of those things where i i look at that kind of stuff and it's like man that's cool you know mm-hmm. like i play punk music but punk and ska are not the same thing even though they're like close cousins you right. know ska is right. all on the totally like, syncopation it's yeah. all about it's a very different ball game totally yeah. texturally harmonically yeah it's, everything it's yeah. one of those things where like you know that they're both kind of punk music but i can't play ska very well it's not mm-hmm. that i can't but it's right. like if you wanted to meet me to play a whole ska set no way I'm no not, absolutely yeah yeah we all have our yeah our inclinations and what we're more naturally pulled to and what we're geared to but it's like you said with with someone like ron lee who's got or, or chris you know these, these guys have clearly just put in the time you know oh, even yeah. if they're not an expert in everything they are so well versed with with their instrument that nothing is gonna stop them you know they might yeah. not they might not be able to play the best samba you've ever heard but they're gonna play a pretty cool samba you know yeah. like <laughs> yeah exactly i mean uh, I went to a jam night once and I played uh, Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a jam night song. No, not at all. But, yeah. it, but it's just like, it's an A, Ron Lee, go. Yeah. You know? And, oh, he, and he kills that kind of thing, too. just destroys it, yeah. you know? And it's like, that's the kind of stuff where on the fly, can you mm-hmm. do something that can fit into this style yeah. well enough to, to pull it off? Mm-hmm. And I've always kind of enjoyed that kind of stuff. Like when you go somewhere and it's like, man, even if I don't want to hear ska music every night of the week, it's right. still cool to go see a ska band and be like, dude, these guys are killing it because I can't absolutely like, walking walk bass all day and night on this like Absolutely. every single song and the guy's singing and it's like that's crazy yeah. you know like 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, I'm just wowed by people's ability to do things that maybe I can do a little bit, but they can do so much yeah. better and, yeah. and just pull it off. Anytime you see a good tight band, it's just remarkable. Even if you're not even a big fan of what it, whatever it is that they're doing, it's like they're tight. They're doing a good thing. Like, yeah, good for them. You know, like uh-huh. I hope they make it, you know, the, the, the further you get in this thing, the more you're, it's like not competitive. It's like, if they're making it, that means there's a shot. I'll make it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the more good that happens, the, the better, you know, yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Uh, some of it comes down to perspective too. Cause you know how much work you had to put in right. to making your band or whatever you're doing as tight as you got them. Absolutely. And then if somebody else comes out there, it's, and they're just like super tight. It's just like, man, you guys, you guys also put the work in. Yeah, you know? it's like you, you appreciate that 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 time, you know, the time that they've given mm-hmm. in order to go out in front of some people and try and make them happy for an hour or whatever it might be. You know, yeah, that's really what we're we're being paid to just go out and make people happy. You know, yeah. that's a pretty great job as far as I'm concerned. It yeah. does not get much better. <laughs> yeah, it was wild playing acoustic songs and singing for people and watching people like sing along in the back or like tapping their it's foot. And there was like one one person came up and started dancing a little bit. And it's like this is nuts. It's like, a great feeling, man. It's it's awesome. We're so lucky to be able to get to do what we do, man. Uh, yeah, I I I don't know. I just it's 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 blessing and. It's it's one of those things that just makes you look at your own life with a little bit of humility. Like I can't believe I am I'm able to re- provide this to somebody else. You know this yeah. sort of enjoyment. Well, and it's rewarding because you also know that you worked to do it. You know, it's not. Yeah. You know, so many people think, oh yeah, you play guitar for a living. Like that's cool. I bet that's super easy. And it's like, well, in some ways, yeah, it is. But I also had to practice for hours upon hours to be able to be here where I'm at now. You know, so it's, uh, it's a huge time investment. Yeah. How many hours of unpaid? Yeah, time did you invest before you finally yeah. got to have a paycheck? Yeah, thousands of hours, and of that's playing the thing. Where, like, guitar. I don't get paid the buco bucoist bucks, and a lot of times I've I've been told even by promoters that uh, me as a solo act or sitting on the side, I undersell myself to people when I try and sell myself to gigs, and that's usually why they don't choose me. Right. So I don't charge as much as I should, but even then, so it's like I know how much some other people are charging then based on how little I charge, and it's mm-hmm. like. Dude, people have got to be putting in some some serious hours, and they are. Yeah, like, they are. Like, yeah, yeah. I know how many hours I put in just to play mm-hmm. uh, a handful of shows that are aside from my like Unity and Three Finger Betty shows. And right. That's a lot of hours just to put in just to play like one show, two shows here or there. People and, also don't think about the time commitment of actually getting gear loaded up and you know getting to the place and travel time. You know, we, we a lot of us play out of town frequently. You know, yep. I'm back and forth between here and Des Moines all the time doing gigs, so it's like. You know, it, that time adds up, man. And you're oh, not yeah. getting paid for that. You're not technically on the clock for that. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, so you, know, for, you might get booked for three hours, but in reality, if, if you're traveling, you might be doing five hours, six hours of work exactly. re- in reality. So, yeah, people don't think about that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of angles to this whole thing, but. Yeah, man, I'm no stranger to the, the Des Moines drive. I'll tell you that much. Right, like, right. Uh, <laughs> I've been down there on a multitude of occasions. It, uh-huh. For a while, it was, uh. You go down one night a week to practice, and then you go down either one or two nights a weekend to play a show. And, right. And it, it was like that for about a year or so, and it's just like, man, this is this is grueling. Yeah. Because, like you yeah, said, you're, a lot, man. you're deleting a lot. four hours out of your day for travel yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. It, it, it adds up quick. You know, people don't think about it, but it really does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the things when I was, like, going back to school, and then I was working, and then I had band practices and shows and... I was doing the podcast, and I still had to do all my homework for school because I recently graduated. Hootie hoot! But uh, nice. so like, uh, congratulations! Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, like all that stuff, I was sitting there thinking, like, man, I'm deleting like almost an hour driving from my house to school and back. Yeah, yeah. 
and then like that's something else I didn't even like really account for. Yeah. It was like every feel, day. Yeah, I feel like I should months. have the time to do this, but I don't know where all the time is going. Because like, absolutely, because you only have twenty three hours in the day. Yeah, Everyone else no. has twenty four. Yeah, know? that's. I mean, you know, that's why I like work out. I feel like I, you know, if I go on a run, I get three extra hours out of my day. You know, it's worth the hour of to run. Because I get three bonus hours because I've got my energy levels are better. You yeah, know? you get like mentally mm-hmm. uh, what you would get out of the hours. Right, more. exactly, and it's like, and it gives you a, a sense of work ethic. And if you want to be, you know, if you want to be a successful musician, especially, you, you, we're not lazy. It's like a lot of people think musicians are lazy. It's like no, like we're hustling multiple projects all the time uh yeah it's impossible and and trying to practice and keep up with what we like to do Mm -hmm. and and still have lives you know and it's 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 hard but it's you know it's worth it yeah you like doing it dude i was listening to somebody talk recently at a show um man if i could think about who it was Hey, can I use the bathroom quick? Yeah. Can we pause this thing? Yeah, I can pause it. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can pause it. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm about to explode here. No, I drank my coffee too fast. No, that's cool. All right. So we were talking about like the work ethic of musicians, how much time they got up in. Mm-hmm. And I, I was I uh, was at a show. I wish I could remember who was talking about it, but they were talking about how uh, there's so much time that people put into playing music that people don't talk about. And like one of those things was research and development. So we were talking about pedals, mm-hmm. like how many pedals have you bought and then sold one of, or bought another one or like traded, traded with somebody else that had like a, they also have a reverb, but it's different. So you want to try theirs out to see what it's like. Right. Like how much of that did you do? Oh man. Um, so I probably have about between half a dozen and a dozen myself, uh, you know, like kind of like you were saying earlier, one of like every different kind. You know, I got my big muff distortion, and I've got a tube cool. screamer, and I've yep. got um, a reverb, just a basic reverb, and then like a, a tremolo thing. You know, and then a nice like kind of uh, you know, kind of my wild card pedal right now is this like crazy like it's this crazy like reverb thing, but it also has uh, like uh, you can do pitch delays and like pitch shifts and stuff. It, it's it's a weird pedal, but I like it a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of trading and goofing around with other people's pedal boards. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, from Fort Dodge, actually, his name is Rusty McIntyre. Uh, he's, he's been doing like electronic, a lot of electronic music producing and stuff like that. We were in a punk band together way back in the day. Um, but he's a big pedal, pedal geek too. So we'll, we'll geek out on that stuff and, and swap and trade. And at one point we combined our, our pedal boards and we had like this massive, like 20 plus pedal board rig. It was crazy, (laughs) man. Yeah. We, we, we actually have a whole album, um, under, uh, the name Chiquita. Um, that's like kind of our experimental, uh, I guess you might call it noise rock jazz project. Yeah. It was basically a bunch of solo guitar recordings and uh, just with that massive pedal board that I alluded oh, to. So, yeah, so we got some pretty far out sounds. I would loop something or maybe just, you know, we would goof off for a little while and yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. That was that was a cool kind of weird album. I don't, you know, it's mm-hmm. not for the average listener, let me just put it. It's <laughs> definitely for a guitar geek and I don't think even most guitar geeks would probably like it. Yeah, yeah it's a bit crass. <laughs> yeah. And some of the other time that we were talking about uh well, I was over listening overhearing these guys talking about this and they were talking mm-hmm. about the amount of time uh musicians spend going to other shows to see what else is out there big time you know to like compare themselves to or it's like you were talking about Mm -hmm. like when you were when you were in boston at berkeley like everyone was around you always so you Mm -hmm. always knew where your level should be at to at least be around everybody else's level right and it's hard to be a musician in a scene anywhere without 
looking around and seeing how do I measure up to these people. Right. And it's not that you're measuring yourself compared to these other people, but mm-hmm. you kind of got to gauge the scenery and see yeah, what's out there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, how do I contribute here? You know, exactly. because you don't want to just be another, you know, blues guitarist in a city of blues guitarists, especially when, you know, like in a place like Fort Dodge where you got, you know, cats like Jeremy and, and Ron Lee and Chris Carr, you know, it's like, okay, so I see that. Like, how do, but I want to play guitar. Like, how do I contribute to this? Like, what, and then also, what are my personal inclinations? Like, what kind of music do I like? Like, like I come at guitar from a, a much more jazz kind of mindset than a lot of the cats around here, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about it, like, you know, I'm thinking of guys like Jim Hall and, you know, uh, Julian Lodge more recently, or, um, you know, cats like that. And then, like, piano players, like, I'm thinking about, like, uh, McCoy Tyner, Herbie Hancock, and, and stuff like that, and... That's kind of where my sense of guitar and harmony comes from more than, you know, playing blues licks. So it's like that was, you know, that's my personal choice. You know, one example of a personal choice I've made to separate myself from, you know, the other guitar players in town, you know. Yeah, it makes sense, man. And Yeah, that's and that's what you made, you know, being a musician is, is making those choices. Like, what do I like? What do I what can I add, you know? And, and what can I do and how do I compliment people? So that actually kind of covers like earlier I had alluded to when I was talking about genres of music and how I got through the genres to explain kind of how I play the guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just kind of did exactly like almost as my question asked, but like how did you start getting into jazz music to be like, I'm going to learn jazz and then like mm-hmm. what is the first step you take? Right. Um, okay. Well, I started playing jazz back in high school, if you want to call the high school jazz bands jazz because they're kind of... They're pretty rudimentary in the sense of like you have a, a set arrangement, you know, that a big band is playing and maybe there's a couple little solo sections within that piece. But, you know, it's not like jazz is like most people think of jazz, like three or four guys like like playing a, a tune on a really deep level and really stretching the boundaries of what it is, you know. Um, so I guess I, I started playing it in high school with uh, bass in the jazz band. And then uh, I got more interested in a lot of the 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 deeper jazz. I guess I don't want to say deeper, but like uh, the quartets, the trios, the small group jazz. And then when I went to college, that was like yeah, I was put on the accelerator. That's like that's Berkeley's thing. It was originally a jazz institute, and the the oh, teachers, cool. yeah, the teachers there are all are all very geared towards being able to play jazz and everything that comes with it. And so, uh, like, I had a professor at Berkeley who every um, every lesson he'd throw a new piece of music in front of me, expect me to read it, and then be able to improvise over it. And it's like when you're on, when you're getting that thrown at you every week, you never know what the tune's gonna be. Yeah, it's like that keeps you fresh and it makes you it makes you good fast. I think. Yeah, um, you know that. That's where I owe some of, like, when I first started learning how to play guitar, it's like, learn all the open chords and then go mm-hmm. play for a church. I don't know what songs they're going to pick. And half the time it was, right. the songs were on a, a projector behind me, so I mm-hmm. can't look at the neck of my guitar. So you right. got really good at doing obscurely weird things that you didn't think were helping you, but it's like, right. I don't get to pick the tunes. I've mm-hmm. got to play them on the fly. Mm-hmm. I can't look at what I'm playing, you know? So you start instilling these weird things in your brain that you don't realize that you're doing that actually kind of right. help you along the way. Yeah, it's good to to have good habits when especially when you're seeing new music regularly because you know you just like like we already have talked about how much of time constraint we have it's like if you can mac- like maximize your efficiency at learning you know whatever tunes or tunes it is or whatever it might be then you save yourself time and that's valuable 
Yeah. And then you can get to the good stuff and you can really start actually contributing to what the song is and, you know, what the other pieces of it are and rather than just trying to learn it on the fly. Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, learning on the fly is, uh, I mean, it's, or, like, I don't know, I I do guitar lessons and I, I get to see lots of different music because I try to learn music that is to the inclinations of the students that I teach. Mm-hmm, right. So uh, it's like, what do you want to learn? How can I get you to there? And then let's learn something from mm-hmm. there. And so I try to do a lot of that, and I, I pick out all this, like, different music for people. I let them pick music out. Like, give me ten songs. I'll see if I can pick a few of them that are within your skill level, and we can try and figure these out. And, right. And so I get to see a lot of different kinds of music come across in front of me that isn't something that I get to sit down and play all the time due to some of my time constraints. And that's where, like, being right. able to read stuff on the fly actually kind of helps out, because it's just like, well, this is how it goes, and I can mm-hmm. see this is how it goes. Absolutely. And if you've and heard the song, then you're it, pretty much halfway there. Yeah, exactly. That's a big, ear training was a big part of the Berkeley curriculum as well so like being able to hear a tune and know the chord progression without even you know thinking about it mm-hmm. like that's really nice once you can hone those skills a little bit it's really nice to be able to do you sit in the back of the room and be like i know what they're playing you know and not even have to look at them oh, that's a nice yeah. that's a nice vibe it's like because you know especially when you're in a setting where like maybe you know i'm a bass player and i'm playing with a piano player and i can't see over the piano it's not uh-huh. i can't just see what he's doing it's like you gotta have good ears to figure some of those things out especially yep. in a jazz setting where some of the harmonies may be more complicated or rhythmically more challenging yeah yeah i mean i totally get where you're coming from because it's it's one of those things like on jam nights someone like may or may not tell you the chords you're playing in mm-hmm. they're just like uh, starting on this chord and it's like yeah. okay like where can it go from yeah. here where, where does it sound like it went from here mm-hmm. you know is this a fourth right. or a fifth and right like, are we using the natural six the flat six of this minor scale like what is the vibe here you know mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's a, yeah and it takes being able to hear it and understand those things quickly mm-hmm. yeah that's that's probably the the biggest thing berkeley was a help for was getting you really good at just being able to be thrown into any situation and be able to handle yourself and be able to really deliver yeah at uh, least deliver something it, it might not be the greatest thing anyone's ever heard but you can at least play whatever it is that's thrown at you yeah and i, I you know like that just just being able to go out there and do it uh um i feel like that is something so many people don't understand is like Am I the world's best podcaster? No, but I'm out here doing it, and that's mm-hmm. like what makes this thing a thing, and mm-hmm. that's why people enjoy it so much. Is because like somebody's just just because somebody's doing it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like if you learn how to do something just well enough to go actually uh, go out and do it, and then mm-hmm. you do it, that's like like you said, you learn how to play stuff on the fly, mm-hmm. and you might not be able to hit it perfectly and be the best person ever at playing it, but you can play it. You know. Well, and on the topic of jazz, jazz is such an art form where like mistakes are encouraged. You know. If you yeah. make a mistake, like one of my one thing that I, I think Bill Evans said is like if you make a mistake, do it again. If you make a mistake, make the same mistake at least two more times. Like do yeah. it again, because then event like it's it's so loose that you can you can make a mistake work for you if you if you have the understanding and the and the calmness, the serenity, and to do that in the moment and not not get flustered when something happens that you don't expect. Uh huh. I remember hearing a joke, something like that. If you make a mistake in music, it's a mistake. But if you make a mistake twice, it's called jazz. Yep, that's true. Yeah, like that's some, accurate. Something like that. <laughs> that's so. that's yeah, the same sentiment, man. It's, <laughs> it's very true, and I live by that. I, I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that 
I'm pretty good at finding ways to make them work for the the situation. That's cr- you know, I that's just what it comes down to like life is just trying to make the best out of every situation, like yeah. enjoying the good stuff when you got it and mm-hmm. when bad stuff happens, just mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to uh yep. work your way back to feeling good about something. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's, it's it's a grind sometimes, but like when it's going well, it's it's really really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough not to smile when it's yeah. going good. I smile all the time. Uh, even when yeah, it's going bad, I usually I, even when things are are bombing, you know, as a comedian might say, like sometimes that's really fun too cuz it's like like, yeah. oh boy, I'm going down the roller coaster and things are coming unhinged. Like, what is going to happen here? You yeah, know? exactly. Well, like the comedians, just like to them, it's funny, and to like mm-hmm. other comedians, it's funny because that's that cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. this isn't funny, and yeah. it's and it that's what makes that's it funny. what makes it funny. Yeah, you know, so. for comedy, it works better than music. Uh, you yeah, know? if you bit. bomb, yeah, if you bomb on music, it's not always funny. Sometimes it's like, Jesus, what happened there? Yeah. But but it it doesn't make it less of a fun ride. You know, I mean, it's yeah. you, if you're living in the moment like it, it it's good if you're living in the moment then you'll find a way out of it uh-huh. that's how is how i feel i try to be very in the moment especially when i'm playing playing music because it's the most important thing you gotta uh-huh. be there you gotta be present it's hard you know it's if you slack off, it, it, you will not be forgiven. Yeah, especially with killers like Jeremy. Those yeah, guys. You, you can't daydream <laughs> for even a second like mm-hmm. while you're playing music. And no. That's something I, I think about. Like, there's no downtime to do anything. Like, and, even, and, even until best- you get on a certain level, because one another Berkeley professor I had, he would uh, he would make me talk to him while I would walk bass lines. Oh, so crazy. I would be sitting there walking the bass line, and he might be playing the melody, and we'd be having a conversation about what we had for dinner last night. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, and so I mean it there there's exceptions to that and I'm you know anyone who knows me and I as I said before I'm a scumbag I will check out women when they walk by <laughs> every time like if you see a pretty woman I'm easily distracted I'm like a dog or something I you know I have total ADD so um but you can get away with it this is what I'm telling you if you practice enough you can get away with these things <laughs> it, it won't mess you up while you're on yeah, stage you can you can you can work through your shortcomings people <laughs> let's talk about some shows coming up we're getting yeah. close i think we got an hour and hey we do have an hour we got a, we got like 20 minutes left on the recorder so if we nice. want to talk a little more but yeah, let's talk absolutely. about shows coming up cool um brutal republic right yeah brutal's got a couple dates in june i know i think we're at the 503 in iowa falls on saturday the first yep yep that's on the i've just pulled up the facebook page, nice so beautiful that's, so on you their, got that. that's on the facebook events page awesome for, uh brutal republic yeah i have a private gig uh Ooh. doing some jazz guitar on the cool. i think that's gonna be out at the winery i'm not sure if it's like i know it's a private party i'm not sure if it's open to the public so you might just have to look out on facebook see if the winery puts anything up for the 13th of june oh cool um what else do i got here i think brutal has at least one other date that month yeah brutal's at river hops i think the 22nd of june yep that's uh, on Facebook's the brutal brutal Republic scholarship drive. That's cool. Cool. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy's been doing scholarship. Yeah, drives that and was stuff. actually That's... a really really fun thing. I, you know, when Jeremy first kind of mentioned the idea of putting a scholarship together, I I was like, us, we're gonna we're putting a scholarship together. Brutal Republic is raising money for charity. Like, I, I and then I thought about it, and I'm like, no, that makes sense. That is what we you know stand for. Yes, we're a hard rock band, but we also you know we want people to to do well and we definitely want to be able to help out the art scene here uh yeah so, at, at any cost at any cost and you know. uh, fortunately we had a lot of help and uh, it, it's been very good and we have a couple students i don't know if they've been announced yet if that they're who won or not but picking was a tough process and uh, it there's it's become somewhat of an inside joke between the band because there was some some funny 
there were some funny situations there that I probably shouldn't talk about until after the scholarship has been delivered. <laughs> Delete? Yeah. No, no, it's fine. I can say that much. It'll be oh, okay. That's cool. No one will come after me, I don't think. So you got the Brutal yeah, brutal Republic page. What else? Mm-hmm. Uh, where else can people find shows that you're doing? Um, So the Whiskey Shakes. Uh, I think we have a Facebook page as well. I oh, think it's I'm, just I, Whiskey. I'm, let me check it out. Whiskey here. spelled with two E's. We spell it purposefully wrong to be old school and hip um (laughs) but uh so that's that's one of my other busy projects and then uh you can add me on facebook or whatever i or instagram i think i'm just uh you know alejandro trevino on both not too hard to find yeah i uh i just pulled up the whiskey shakes Mm -hmm. uh page we don't i don't think we have we might have a vaudeville date at the end of this at the end of may we're talking here in may um but that's the only thing I think we have booked. We've been gearing up towards finishing our album, and uh, we will post news about that. And it's I think we're sending it out for mastering this week, so that's going to be fun. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's getting close. I'm really excited. Um, that's been a fun project. Um, besides that, I have my solo project that's called Funshi. Um, I don't have any dates booked. I released an album kind of a few months ago, but that's kind of more of a pet project for me, so that's not something I push as much. Uh, for gigging it's kind of more fun stuff for me to just it's kind of a recording project is the way i like to think about it yeah it's not like i'm opposed to doing shows but i kind of like keeping it you know low-key for the most part yeah i get it Mm -hmm. and then i've been playing uh i'm trying to get more jazz gigs going i've been shedding my guitar chops on jazz so that's cool yeah hoping to start booking that more often especially in des moines there's a few places i need to reach out to but i will keep you all posted for sure that's cool you uh Oh, God, what the hell? I had a really good question. I forgot what I was going to ask. Ah, that happens God every time. Yeah. You can pause this thing and pause, think about pause it. Pause it and think about it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it, all right. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, like, thanks for coming on the podcast. Dude, uh, thanks for oh, having me, man. It's dude, an honor to be amongst uh, some of the great guests you've already had. Let's say somebody wants to go online and listen to your stuff. Can they go listen to your stuff? Are you on, like, Bandcamp or yes. iTunes or Whiskey Spotify? Shakes, or? Yeah. Yes, Whiskey Shakes has a Bandcamp. Um, uh Brutal Republic has Reverb Nation. Yep. Uh, and then uh, my Fun Sheet project is on Bandcamp. I'm going to have jazz recordings soon. Um, I play with a trio here called Gabriel Gabriel Alves's trio. He's a keyboard player in yeah. town. Hopefully we'll have recordings soon. I'm going to try and get all the jazz stuff up on a page here in the next couple weeks. And then uh, besides that, I think, that's, I think that's the most of it. I think did, we did good. That's got to be pretty time-consuming, like, Oh yeah, I don't get any rest, man. I, you know, I, I between all the partying and all the music, it's like I don't, yeah, I don't get any sleep, man. It's crazy, uh, but that's how I like it. I, I'm someone who would rather be, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah, <laughs> I totally get you, man. Yeah. I, like they're close to finals week and like the last semester of school, I was redlining it for a while, just like going everywhere all the time. I remember those that hustle, dude. Trying to like drive around and find podcast people to podcast with. Although, and just... <laughs> I was the worst, dude. I, I never studied. I think the only tests that I studied for were my big classical music uh history tests oh yeah i would have we had like a it was a required class to go over all the classical music world kind of thing mm-hmm. it was like a two semester thing and uh hour-long lectures every week and in the morning so always hung over and hurting um so that ca- that class was brutal and that was probably the only one i studied for but it was actually a good class i got to learn about now i have 
now I'm a big uh, classical music connoisseur. I've got a bunch of records, so that's cool. Yeah, that's and cool, I actually kind of know who they are. So yeah. <laughs> it's nice. You know, I, I took like a rudimentary, like community college level mm-hmm. type of class, like a 101 level of right. that class. Yeah. And, and it was wild to be like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, this is, okay, Chopin. I can, yeah. I can pick out Chopin if it's I nice had to. It's nice to be able to tell the difference between Chopin and Beethoven, you know? Yeah, you know. And then, like, hear something and be like, oh, I can, you know, I can kind of tell. Like, I, I can have taken an educated guess that this is a Beethoven concerto. Oh, yeah. that's, that's It's nice wild. to have that in the back of your head. That's, that's good stuff. Like, while I was, you know, immersed in it more, I could do it better. Mm-hmm. Now I cannot, but I, uh, yeah. I remember uh, hanging around with some people that could do that really well. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is nuts. How can you tell, like, to me, this is like, it's, I almost want to go back to Seinfeld. This is almost like the Bugs Bunny song, you know, where right. like Bugs Bunny used to sing like to classical <laughs> music. He'd like sing words to it like they were words or something. That's hilarious, man. Oh, but, good stuff. <laughs> oh man. Well, thanks again uh, for coming on the podcast. You'll have to send me a link to your uh, Funchy project that you got. Yes, I will. And yes, I'll, I will. I'll put it in the description section below, along with uh, Br- Brutal Republic. Did you have another one? Whiskey what, Shakes. Whiskey Shakes was yeah, the other one. Yeah, and then so, I'm playing with Gabriel Alves's trio. Uh, is, that's jazz. Is there any like is there a Facebook page for that and stuff? I don't think he actually has a page. We've been I've been meaning to sit down with him and get serious about this because that kid can play so well. It's a shame that we're not gigging more. I think so. Dude, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Oh, so. dude, he's an absolute killer. So uh, if you're, I mean this this is this show's going to be passed by the time the podcast come out. But you should. Uh, Come to River Hops on Saturday if you don't wind up leaving town for the weekend. Oh, dude, it's yeah, gonna be a hip show. That Gabriel's so fun to play with. That's cool, man. Yeah. I, I can't wait. I'll uh, I'll try my best. We'll yeah, see what happens. Right. No promises. Right. <laughs> but thanks again for coming on the podcast. We'll absolutely uh, we'll get friend. this thing released, and I can't wait to uh, talk to you again sometime soon. Sounds good. We'll do it again soon. All right, peace. Cheers. <laughs> Huge shout out to the guest Alejandro Trevino for stopping by this week on the podcast. I had a great time sitting down and talking with him. You know, he's uh, he's really positive. He's uh, he, he, you could tell in the conversation that he just likes to laugh and have a good time doing everything that he's doing, and that's one of the things I love about him. He's just a genuine person, and uh, you know, most most people really are genuine people once you get to know him, which is kind of the crazy thing. You know, you just sit down and have one of these hour long conversations that I'm having with somebody, and you get to know that you know most people are actually pretty cool people. So uh, shout out to Alejandro Trevino for being real cool with me and uh, sitting down. And I'll, I'll tell you what, on the way out the door uh, after the podcast, he was like, you got to listen to some Al Di Maiola. And uh, I listened to it, and it's right up my alley. So uh, anybody out there wants to, you know, put a smile on your face for a while, listen to some Al Di Maiola. Um, maybe I'll drop a link down, down below or something. But it's some delicious, delicious, uh, maybe like jazz and f- uh, flamenco-ish or like Caribbean-style music. I don't know exactly what to call it, but it's cool. So uh, check that out. Uh, that's you know courtesy of Alejandro Trevino and his uh, huge catalog of music. He's got a bunch of funky music he listens to. I, uh, hey Alejandro, if you're listening, uh, send me another link to something cool, and I'll check that out next. Haha. <laughs> All right. Uh, while we're out here on uh, cyberspace and stuff, check out AudibleFarm.com. It's ever changing. Uh, you know what? I recently finally got well. It was within the last week. The podcast got accepted to be on iHeartRadio, so woo-dee-woo. Uh, it's on iHeartRadio right now. You can find a link at audiblefarm.com, as well as a link as just about anywhere you can listen to this podcast. All the social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're old school and you want to go at Audible Farm for all those, that's where we are. You can tag us and stuff and give us the thumbs-ups and pokes. And, and while you're also on the internet, go to the YouTube channel. Give us a subscribe. We're getting close to 100 
on YouTube, which is pretty wild, actually, uh, for just being a podcast. And, uh, you know, we got there's music on there. I've got some uh, videos of bands that I've, I've recorded live and, and some other stuff. I hydro dipped a guitar and I put, put that video on there. Uh, send us an email if you want to get in touch with us. I'll do my best. I will do my best to get in touch with you. Uh, it's, um, you know, busy person. Everybody's busy. Uh, I get it. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for tuning in uh, wherever you are. Because I know you're busy and our, all of our guests are also very busy people. We always have to find a very, very chiseled out specific time to meet up. And, and we always, when we meet up, we meet up and it works out great. So thank you to the guests and thank you to you guys for listening. And also thanks to the Iowa Podcast Network doing a lot of work behind the scenes for audible farm uh especially at www.audiblefarm.com i really appreciate it so uh hats off to iowa podcast network for all the work they're doing for us uh, i want to th- say thanks again to alejandro trevino for being on the podcast i want to say thanks once again to you guys for listening and i want to say there's going to be another bomb episode next week so it's going to be great cheers peace